Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 217 of the Motorcycle Man podcast and another wonderful interview for your listening pleasure. The Motorcycle Man is brought to you by Tobacco Motorwear for the best American-made Kevlar line selvage riding jeans, shirts, jackets, and graphic tees and accessories. You go to Tobacco Motorwear at TobaccoMotorwear.com. There's a special link just for Motorcycle Man listeners who want to order from Tobacco Motorwear in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website on the homepage. Or you can call them at 747-666-5741 and you tell Dave and the crew that the Motorcycle Men sent you. Make sure you use that coupon code MOTOMEN when ordering. And Scorpion Helmets. For the past 15 years, Scorpion EXO has been dedicated to offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. Some of the world's best helmet and apparel designers spend countless hours developing and testing Scorpion EXO products to ensure that each and every Scorpion EXO helmet and garment will surpass user expectations. And to learn more, you go to scorpionusa.com. And Shinko Tires, whether if you are riding a sport bike, a scooter, off-road, dual sport, or cruiser, Shinko Tire has the tire to suit your needs and your riding style without breaking your bank account. So if it's time for tires for your bike, think Shinko. Go to ShinkoTireUSA.com and make sure you tell them the Motorcycle Men podcast sent you. Hey, the Motorcycle Men podcast is supporting David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. If you would like to help out and be part of something that actually makes a difference in the lives of the people that it affects, donate today to David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. Go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. Links will also be in the show notes. And... The Gold Star Ride Foundation, helping families of fallen soldiers and making a difference in the lives of those left behind. If you'd like to be a part of a great cause and get some heartfelt miles in, go to goldstarride.org and learn how you can participate in the next Gold Star Ride. Now, I'm sure you've seen those paranormal shows on TV. They raise your curiosity and they heighten your senses. They expand your awareness a tad and maybe even have you looking over your shoulder a little bit, especially at night. But none of those people ride motorcycles, so how could we possibly believe anything they say, right? No. However, my guest today explores the unknown, the unexplained, the paranormal, all from the seat of her Harley Davidson. And my guest on this crisp autumn evening in the season of ghouls, goblins, witches, and warlocks is Miranda Young, the ghost biker. And joining me tonight, all the way from Chattanooga, Tennessee, the ghost biker, Miranda Young. How are you doing, Miranda? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ted. How are you? I'm good. Fantastic. So glad you could make it. Despite the fact that you have been making the rounds on the podcasts, uh, other motorcycle podcasts, and we won't say any names, Todd and Chuck, but I'm glad you could make it here. I'm so happy to be here, and I've been looking forward to it for a while now. I'm glad. I'm glad. So once you, uh, for those who don't know who you are and who haven't listened to those other podcasts, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? 
Well, my name is Miranda, and they call me the Ghost Biker. I travel around the country on my motorcycle, uh, telling history, exploring abandoned locations, and uh, I've got got a web series that highlights all of this. It's a three-part web series that the first part talks about the travel and the place I'm going to, and then the second part tells the history um, as to why I'm there, and then the third part is actually a paranormal investigation. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds far more complicated than I thought it was. So now you're starting this whole thing that like the creation of ghost biker explorations. That's your website well, is kind of interesting. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I started as a paranormal investigator with a team uh, almost a decade ago, wow. and uh, yeah, I was I was approached because of my background in photography. Um, I've always, you know, growing up here in the Appalachian Mountains, I've always had an interest in the paranormal as well as just old folklore and legends. And so um, when I had started a job back back about 10 years ago, um, the guy who led a team approached me about looking at some photography. Right. And he wanted me to kind of look at it and try to debunk some of the stuff that they had got and let me go on a paranormal investigation with him after I'd looked at you know, 20 or 30 pictures. And I had a lot of luck with it. Um, had a lot of class A EVPs got touched, uh, even had a drink with a lady at the bar. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) so, so that was, um, uh, kind of the start of the whole thing. They invited me to join the team and I investigated a lot of, of big commercial locations as well as, uh, residentials. And, um, a couple years ago, I, you know, I was always traveling on my motorcycle when I wasn't investigating with the team. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, we went or I would, I would go and I would document, um, document that through my photography as well as my social media sites. And, uh, people started wanting to see more and they wanted to hear the story behind these photographs that I was posting. Right. And, uh, through a conversation with a friend, we decided, uh, to document this through video and that's how ghost biker explorations came about. Um, when I was with the team, I was doing their videos as well as yeah. marketing and that sort of thing. And so I just didn't really have the time to commit to do both. And so I stepped away from the team to, to devote to, to the ghost biker. Oh, wow. Yeah. That must've been really, uh, I mean, how did you feel that first time you were going out with these guys? How did that feel? I mean, was that interesting to you or it must've it been, was. obviously. It was, well, you know, it's, it's a little, it was a little scary at That's first. That's what I thought. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mostly because, you know, when two strange guys ask you to go to a supposedly <laughs> haunted location, you know, you have to yeah, you you know. kind of wonder, okay, what's going on here? Can I bring a friend? Exactly. And you know, I did. I actually, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I actually took my sister-in-law and, um, yeah, we went and was there for probably three or four hours. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I was, you know, you see all the stuff on television, on the yeah. paranormal entertainment shows. And, and, you know, I think I was most scared of something following me home and really just the unexpected and not knowing what was going to happen. Um, really? Of course, I, I would have I never thought that. You, you, that's something that actually crossed your mind, that a it, ghost or spirit would follow you home? It did. Yeah, it <laughs> did cross my mind. <laughs> oh, do tell. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, just because you just you just never know. And um, and of course, they were doing the the prayer of protection and everything beforehand to uh, ensure that that wouldn't happen. And uh, some of the stuff I experienced, I mean, it it literally will take your breath away whenever you start getting these voices out of thin air. Really? And uh, yeah, the equipment starts going off. Um, I had always I'd always been a believer, but um, that really kind of solidified that. Now, some people might say that this is like just the power of suggestion at work. I mean, mm-hmm. is is there? I mean, would you debunk that? You know, sometimes, sometimes uh, it is the power of suggestion in some cases, yes. and that's why whenever I go in to do a residential case, I have a thorough interview process that I go through. Because to me, I'm a skeptical believer. A lot of the time, I think that mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things can be explained. Um, especially with my background in photography, uh, when people send me pictures, you know, you can go to a place and take a hundred pictures. And if you get one or two, that's unexplainable, you're lucky, right. you know, whereas some people will take a hundred pictures and 80 of them will be paranormal or, yeah. uh, unexplainable. Okay. But, uh, you know, I go in looking at different things, like with a residential, I'll check different things like what type of wiring, um, plumbing, drafts, that sort of thing, just to see if there's something that can debunk what uh, what they oh, were okay. experiencing. So it could be a series of things that could, you know, it could be, you know, bad wiring, a leaky pipe mm-hmm. or just cracked plaster that could create some sort of a situation where people would perceive Absolutely. it as something else. Oh, okay. But then there are those times where there's nothing out of the ordinary, but things are weird. Yeah. And, you know, I'll never say anything is paranormal. I always classify it as either just unexplainable or active. Um, You know, I just put the the evidence out there and let the people decide what they think. Uh, Okay. Well, we'll get more into that in in a little Mm -hmm. bit. But now, did you ever think it was going to get this far? No, I didn't. Um, you know, I had a lot of interest in the very beginning, uh, just from, you know, the stuff I was posting on my social media sites. And I really didn't tell anybody in the very beginning when we started talking about doing this. Um, I got the idea before Christmas of, um, 2017 and really started working on it on uh, March of 2018 and didn't really tell anybody about it until about a month beforehand because honestly I'm I was always more comfortable behind the camera rather than in front of it right. and I just you know once you put stuff out there yeah you get a lot of compliments but you open yourself up to criticisms as sure, well sure. and I just didn't really know and uh, I shared it with a couple friends um, to tell them what I was doing and Every one of them were like, you know, I would, I would watch that. That's going to be really cool. You know, a girl on a motorcycle going to these abandoned locations, telling the history. I definitely watched that. Right. And um, it's taken off so quick that we really, uh, it's, it's just myself and uh, camera guy. And every now and then it's just myself. But uh, we had growing pains in the process of just you know, how are we going to do this? You know, we put the first season out and there was really no break between the first and the second season. I mean, there was a year, but for us on the working side of it, there oh, wasn't sure. a break. Yeah. Behind yeah. the scenes, it, there's, there's a, I know from doing this and there's mm-hmm. just a lot more behind the scenes that people don't see. There's a right. lot of effort involved. It's, it's a labor of love is what it becomes until some big sponsor writes you a huge check. 
You know, exactly. Which and then it always, becomes a job. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> then it becomes a job and the fun goes away. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, does your photography still play a huge role in what you do? It does. Um, you know, because a lot of the time, I mean, I try to release with each episode, I try to release photography from that location. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've taken it a step further and actually started adding drawings to that as well. And so, um, so yeah, and then sometimes I'll go out and people will suggest a location to go and photograph and that will give ideas as to doing either like a moto vlog or, um, doing a, uh, investigation or an episode with, from just the photography. Oh, okay. All right. That sounds, wow. That's pretty cool. Now you ride your motorcycle to all these locations, don't you? I do. I really? Do. Now, what do you ride? I ride a 883 iron. That's an awesome bike. Yeah. Really. Now, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The Sportster Iron 883 is a kick-ass bike. Yeah, it's one of Harley's best-selling motorcycles. I I would believe that, and you know, I fell in love with the look of it. Um, I had always loved a sporty, and um, you know, they tried to actually convince me to go with a different bike in the beginning. My my first bike was a Vulcan 750, but I kind of got that one to really learn on. Yeah, and uh, but I fell in love with the matte black, all blacked out (laughs) 883, and oh, I, I love it, and I've kept it stripped down too. Um, to just a little swing arm bag and a fork bag in the front. So yeah, you don't um, want to, yeah. you don't want to put a windshield on that yet. Not yet. No. Now <laughs> ask me, ask me after a long ride, I'll tell you otherwise, but no. <laughs> now, so is your motorcycle involved in all of your investigations? Yes. For the most part, every now and then, um, it, depending on the location and the time of year that it is, yeah. um, I don't always get to ride uh, some of the very large scale places. If we go multiple times uh, and I have a lot more equipment, uh, I may not take the bike. But usually if I'm not riding it, it's being trailered there and because uh, I'm always looking for rides along the way as well. Wow. So how many miles do you like put on? I mean, what's the longest ride you've done to uh, a site? To a site? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess probably when I did some filming down in Florida uh, this past summer, um, we've not actually aired that yet, but and that's not going to be part of this season. But, uh, yeah, when I went down to Florida. Oh, really? No kidding. So, see, you can put big miles on an Iron 83. You can. You and, can. you know, one of, my, one of my goals is to actually maybe do an iron butt on my iron. And Why not? But why not? You know, why not go for it? That's awesome. Um, say so how many miles have you accumulated for uh ghost biker for explorations? Ghost biker? Uh, for ghost bikers, since you know, we've only been doing it, this is the second season, okay. so um, I don't even though you know, I've been traveling on the bike and taking you know, photos and everything over the past. Um, well, the bike is a 2011. And uh, I bought it brand new. Wow. Uh, so, I'll, yeah, all the miles on it are mine. But probably for Ghost Biker, I'd uh, probably have to say probably maybe three thirty five hundred, maybe. Okay. How yeah. many miles do you have on the bike total now? Um, I'm right at almost 17. Nice. 17, That's 000, nice. Yeah. All right. Now, with regard to all the sites that you visit, mm-hmm. uh, how do you learn about these sites? I learn about them different ways. A lot of the, I do a lot of reading uh, as far as some of the um, most towns, you know, and I tell people that they can't take a map 
and close their eyes and put their finger on a map and not find a location that doesn't have some kind of cool and interesting story. Mm. So um, sometimes it's just the fact of I'll find a cool town and mm -hmm. I start looking up to see what type of activity or local ghost stories they have. Uh, other times it's just going and browsing for, um, you know, most, most states have books that talk about, you know, their local history and uh, legends. And then other times people submit stories to me. Oh, okay. All right. So, but how much research do you put into a site before you begin an investigation? As much as I can, really. Um, for each episode, there's probably at least a month and a half to two wow. months to searching. Yeah. So that takes a while to do then. It does, you know, because sometimes you find good stuff online, but I really like to try to go to the archives. And uh, if I can, you know, make it to if, if that town has a local archive or the state, um, I will go and research what I can on that. Okay. Um, yeah, because some stuff are just stories that, you know, maybe a grandma or something has passed down. And other ones are ones you can actually go in and try to find newspaper articles and such to actually try to um, validate. You know, someone can say, here's a road where this murder took place, but it's been passed down for so long, you can't really find a lot of info. But if you can find the newspaper articles, you can actually validate, you know, if, if it really happened. Well, what's the furthest you've gone for an investigation? Was that your Florida trip you were just telling me about? Uh, well, I'm not sure if that's the furthest, you know, um, I've traveled all over, but, uh, I, I spent 10 days in Florida filming back in July mm -hmm. and hit five different locations there. Uh, I'm actually about to head up kind of up toward your neck of the woods in two weeks to, uh, Fall River, Massachusetts to investigate the Lizzie Borden house. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's going to be a collaboration investigation. Um, so, and with the weather and everything, I doubt I'll be taking the bike to yeah, that one. Yeah, we're getting into a little, no, you're going up in a couple of weeks, you said? Uh, not this coming weekend, but, uh, well, actually in three weeks. In three, three weeks. weeks. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll be on my way back from Florida then. So, ah. <laughs> ah, yeah, <laughs> I'm going the other way. It's going to be a little chilly. So you might be able to ride if you have the right gear. Um, speaking of New Jersey, mm -hmm. uh, have you ever been clinton road or shades of death road I have not but uh, i would love to hit those <laughs> well <laughs> now is the time of year to do that <laughs> is it is it a beautiful ride oh my god i've reasons? i have never ridden that road clinton road i've never ridden it i've i've ridden on uh, a small portion of shades of death road and mm -hmm. they're both gorgeous roads to ride on from what I, well, Google Street View is wonderful for really getting a, a feel for what you're going to be riding down. But uh, the little bit of Shades of Death Road that I was on, it's a really nice road. It's a single line down the middle type of road. Okay. And it's, you know, it's you know, got a nice canopy in some spots, open farmland. But with Shades of, uh, sorry, with Clinton Road, that, uh, it does seem a little spooky because you're, it's like, like I said, you're riding down this with this canopy of trees over you. That's, mm -hmm. what it, that's what it looks like. So I never been there yet. But if you're going to be up here, well, you're not going to have your bike though. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is something we need to set up. Maybe uh, coming up a good time to yeah. ride and get a little ride together. Yeah. Do a little yeah. investigation. I, I know we did talk about. We had this bizarre mm -hmm. conversation and this weird idea of actually doing a live <laughs> podcast from Clinton Road. 
How about it? You know, uh, I'm actually doing a, a live investigation uh, broadcast this Thursday night. So the live investigations are a lot of fun. So I think a live podcast and that would call, be pretty cool. We can call it a live ridecast. Oh, see, you're just a wordsmith, aren't you? <laughs> All right. Well, we can make that a plan for whenever you want. You just let me know. Preferably when the weather's a little warmer. We can do that. If you're going to be back up this way. You tell me when. What's that? I will make a special trip. I will make a special trip. You well, tell me like, when. I, you know, we'll, we'll, work, we'll work that out. We'll Let's work that get out. out. Uh, so yeah. your, your last long investigation you did, one was it worth it? Uh, when you say the last long one, do you mean? Well, when you, um, when you did the last investigation, do you, the real, the, when I asked you what furthest investigation you had to go to, mm -hmm. was, was mm -hmm. the trip worth it? Uh, most definitely. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was very tiring and, uh, I hit such a variety of locations. Um, yeah, it was definitely worth it. Um, I, I would do it again. And, you know, when I go to, to places like that and if it's a long ride, um, I like to try to hit multiple places just yeah. to see if I can, you know, get multiple episodes out of it. Um, I'm actually talking to some folks in uh, New Mexico right now about Ooh. maybe, uh, yeah, doing an investigation out there. And, um, so that, that will end up being probably my longest ride. Um, a lot of the time in, in the past, what I would do, there's times I would, um, if I had to fly, uh, for whatever reason, I always usually try to rent a bike when yeah. I'm out somewhere and uh, just to try to get some, put some miles down and uh, uh, do some investigations. I actually did uh, the Stanley Hotel out in Colorado, rented a bike out there and uh, did that. But I wouldn't technically say that was a long ride because, you know, I rented a bike. You were right there. Ha yeah. Have you, have you ever left a site and just went, oh, God, what a waste of time that was? Uh, you know, I have done that. And what's been surprising <laughs> is when I sit down and start reviewing evidence, usually those are the ones that end up having some of the most activity. Really? Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, what's kind of interesting is, you know, sometimes the activity is in your face and it's just, you know, nonstop. And you're, you're hoping your recorder's going. You hope you catch it on the video. And then there's other times, um, you know, I know episode two that we just released of uh, the second season was a funeral home in Mississippi. And, uh, you know, we had several really big things happen while we were there, but I thought that was all we got. Uh, I wasn't getting a lot of audible EVPs that I could hear, which we call those disembodied voices because you're hearing them with your, your ear rather than hearing them with the headphones. Right. Um, and, and I'll use my headphones to try to pick up what my recorder is hearing in real time. But um, I left that place thinking, ah, I didn't get much other than these three really big significant things. And was kind of disappointed, but when I sat down and started reviewing evidence after, I was really pleased. And, and that tends to be one of the cases with a lot of these places. Very rarely do I get nothing, but uh, I mean, I've done some lives where yeah. I've not got anything, but uh, um, usually when I'm disappointed when I leave is usually when I get some of the best stuff. Wow. <laughs> that must be so bizarre, like when you're on site and you, you don't hear anything, but then the playback tells you you should have heard something. It, it is. We had that. We've had that happen on several occasions, and uh, and then you wish, you know, you really wish that you had known while you were there, because then you could have sort of tailored things to 
the investigation, maybe ask more, you know, more direct questions. Um, you know, if you had just known that name whenever you were, were actually there, because I try to listen to my evidence. Uh, I try to give myself two weeks after investigation to listen to all the audio and four weeks to try to review all the video. Oh, so you're yeah. pretty busy after an investigation then. I am uh, an entire investigation, you know, planning it out. Um, the whole process for an episode is, is actually really long and in depth because you can, you can pick a really cool place, go and, um, do your research and, you know, just depending on how in depth the investigation is, depends on how long the, um, research is. And then I will write the story as to how I want to cover it. Cause we, we really try to polish up the actual story part with, with good B roll as well as, um, just a nice place to be able to tell the story. And then, um, you can have all that together and then you go to do the investigation and it's almost kind of like, are your actors going to show up for your show? You know, you don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so that's always a real concern of mine is it's like, I get real kind of nervous beforehand because I'm like, okay, you know, I want to make sure I cover all of my bases as far as experiments I want to try um, and things I want to ask, because you want to make sure you do everything you can to bring that evidence out. Yeah. Um, and so then the investigation some of these are as long as a eight to 10 to even 12 hour night. Um, yeah. If I've traveled really far, like, uh, the one we just released was in Indiana and, um, we were there from about seven o'clock that evening till right around one the next day. Ugh. And so I'll sleep in those locations sometimes and oh, usually really? get a lot. Of, yeah. I'll sleep for a couple hours just before hitting the road. <laughs> And what's pretty crazy about it is I get some of my best stuff when I do that because you can basically, you're not having to do any experiments. You just kind of set your recorder, set your camera and uh, set you some tools up. And it's almost like you kind of get a freebie because you're sort of in this vulnerable state. Yeah. They want to interact with you. So, um, so an investigation may be that long. And so then I have to review, I usually, I always have a mobile recorder on me and depending on the size of the location, I'll always have a couple static recorders that I'll just drop in the different rooms. So, um, you know, if I, I think I will set up to as many as six recorders. Yeah. So if you're in a location for, you know, 12 hours and you've got three, you know, four recorders, times that by 12, you know, and yeah. then, yeah. And so I really try to keep it pretty old school and simple because I am on my bike. Um, but, um, you know, if I don't just have my camera guy, if I've got static cameras, I usually will have, you know, three or four cameras that I have to review as well. So that can take a month for, uh, evidence wow. review and then go into the editing process of trying to put it all together and tell the story. And so, you know, you know, dealing with podcasts, how long editing and that sort of thing can, it can, can it can be a nightmare sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it can be like when your sound system doesn't work properly and you don't have the right audio on, you know, things like that, you know, little things. Um, have you ever been in that situation though, where here you are sleeping in this quote unquote haunted location and here you are. Have you ever been, has anything ever happened? 
Yeah, several several times things have happened. Really? Oh boy. Yes, I spent the night in uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. In oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a place you want to be. <laughs> exactly in Northeast Tennessee, and um, I slept in the the area they call the hole, which is solitary confinement. And we <laughs> well, that's wrong actually. With you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to ask that. <laughs> um, I'd been investigating the the entire prison for uh, most of the night, and so about eight o'clock that morning. Of course, it's pitch dark down there. They actually outlawed that area in the '70s, I believe, is when they had the last people in there. Because I mean, you're literally down in a hole in this little small. Uh, six foot, you know, eight foot little sail mm -hmm. and it's pitch black. And so, um, they had the old bunk beds in there. It was the frame of the bunk bed. So I took my, um, comforter down there and they also have a rattlesnake issue. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the, uh, bones that were left. They had been, uh, feeding pretty well. So, <laughs> you know, so my concern at that time when I laid down in the bed was after I'd taken my boots off was I need to check my boots in a few hours to make sure there are no rattlesnakes in them. But, um, but yeah, so I, I slept for a little over about three and a half hours and got three minutes and 15 uh, seconds of just really good EVPs and um, the uh, 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 wa washer and dryer area, laundry, was up above the area. And at the time, there was no power in this entire prison. And I caught what sounded like the washers and dryers going. Um, there was also a wood shop area down there. And uh, actually got something. We, we've released this video. Um, Harley did a... Uh, uh, release party for us, the local Harley Davidson. Okay. And because it's such a beautiful ride to that area, um, that was the episode that we featured whenever we, we had the party. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, so, so it's actually up there on, on my site. It's episode one of season two, the premiere episode, and it shows us everything that I got while I was sleeping in there. And, uh, to answer your question, I don't know if I would, uh, sleep in there again after some <laughs> of the stuff I caught. <laughs> I can imagine you must have heard some really creepy stuff. I'm surprised you didn't wake up. And you, well, you must sleep like a rock then. You know, I'm actually a pretty light sleeper, and uh, I did toss and turn quite a bit. Um, I thought. Jeez, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm tall too. I'm I'm six feet tall, and so um, those beds were not really quite made for someone of my size, and uh, so so it wasn't very comfortable. Um, but it was dark, so I was able to sleep okay, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, while I was in, um, uh, in Indiana, well, I take that back. Uh, I've actually slept in all three. We've, we've released three episodes for this season so far, and I slept in all three locations. Um, Brushy Mountain Prison, I slept in the funeral home in Mississippi, and then I also slept in uh, Revenant Acres Farm, which was in the episode we just released. And every time there was something crazy that happened. Wow. So you're pretty much fearless, I would have to say. For the most part. I think um, you have uh, to be. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't, it, you know, they just really don't bother me a whole lot. You know, you got to go in with, uh, um, with caution and you have to go in with respect. Uh, for me, though, it's more about the living in 
these abandoned locations or these different places that scare me more than uh, than the ghosts. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. although these sites uh, with paranormal activity, um, I, I, I guess you would have more structures than you would have roads. Would, would that be the case? Um, that could be a fair statement. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think it varies. Um, there are several different roads that I'm definitely wanting to check out that have structures on them. Um, and, and it usually just depends. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that's probably a more fair statement. All right. Now, as far as it goes for roads, any, whatever roads you have found, how many roads have you investigated? Um, two recently. Uh, one of them I did investigate. Um, speaking of Brushy Mountain uh, State Penitentiary, there is a road, uh, the Devil's Triangle, that mm. is uh, up there. And um, the folks who who lived on the Devil's Triangle, it's it may, it's made up of three different roads, and um, these folks they were they were miners, and so um, there was a lot of different mining disasters and such that happened there. Uh, one town in particular, they had a mining disaster occur that actually killed all of the men in that town except for uh, three of the men, wow. and that was in Fraytersville. Yeah. So, um, and there's an abandoned school that's on that road. Um, so that, and, and it's just, it's a dangerous road in and of itself. It's, it's beautiful, but you know, there are these drop-offs, um, patches and such that, uh, you just, I mean, around each curve, if you're not careful, um, it's just, it's, it's not very forgiving. If you're have, not have you ridden some of those roads? I have, I yeah. have. And I actually paralleled that in that first episode with um, the the beautiful area of uh, Petros, Tennessee, and the um, uh, Walden's Ridge up there. With the so how beautiful it is, with how dangerous the prison was, and how dangerous the road is, because the prison is right there off the road. Oh, so, okay. So yeah. How, how did you feel? Did you have any any weird feelings when you were riding on those roads, or was it just you know a little? A little anxiety with regard to the conditions of the road or anything like that. You know, the interesting thing about that day, um, we were we were filming. I had another girl who was on a uh, on another cruiser, and so we were doing uh, three point camera filming. Um, she was filming some from in front of me, and then I was filming from my point of view, and then other times she was filming from behind. So um, it was kind of crazy. My throttle started sticking. And, um, yeah, I'd never, wow. <laughs> never had anything like, yeah, I had to stop twice. And, and what it was, was where, where the cable was going in the, um, cover of the cable was, okay. Broke up there a little bit. Ah, that was kind of weird. I totally got, uh, uh, interference. Um, the cable where it goes in on the throttle it was catching and so i was having to stop and pull the cable back in and it was oh. really pretty scary yeah because there's a lot of switchbacks yeah. up there and you go up the mountain right when you get to the top it just kind of goes straight down uh right after that there's not a lot of riding on the top of the mountain wow and um yeah i was having to really work my work my clutch because <laughs> I would come off of it and it would just rev up, you know, so that was actually a pretty, uh, pretty crazy thing to happen. A little, little unnerving. Did you, uh, 
did it cross your mind that maybe something between like being on that road and being in the area that might have been a contributor to that? It did because afterwards it was fine when I came off there. Really? So, yeah, we actually have, yeah, um, I could not get the throttle to unstick the whole time I was on this road. And when we came off, we stopped for dinner and it was just highway riding the way back. And uh, I was adjusting it and, and uh, just kind of messed with it. Never came out again that entire trip. Wow. Have you had it looked at by Harley Davidson since? I did after the fact. Right. But uh, and what they, they said, did they change the cable out? No. It's fine. It's fine. See, that's creepy. It's absolutely fine. You know, it is not uncommon to have things mess with my tools to get in, you know, intense battery drain, um, to just have cameras that just won't work. Um, it's, it's not uncommon. Ask any paranormal investigator and, and they have gone to different places where equipment just malfunctions. So why not a vehicle? You know? oh, okay. Yeah. So we could I say, I don't know if that was that, but it was pretty ironic. It, yeah. <laughs> so we could almost say that there might've been some, uh, activity when I couldn't get the audio to work properly in the beginning. Right. That's very well possible. Let's go with that. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't make me sound like an idiot if we do. Okay. <laughs> Has there any ever been a location that you've gone to or a road or any place that you have gone to that scared you and that you couldn't wait to leave? You know, um, one that comes to mind is uh, it's old, old Highway 63 in North Tennessee um, known as Red Ash. And that area is known to have a lot of paranormal activity and a little more on the negative side. Okay. And uh, so when I was up filming at Brushy Mountain for uh, the weekend, I decided to take um, my, my other friend that was helping me film on the motorcycle. And I, was, I wanted to take her back that way. And because uh, I was like, you know, if you want to see a creepy road, I'll show you a creepy road. And um, it was dark. It was... It was <laughs> About eleven forty-five at night. <laughs> no, don't do this in the middle of the day. No, 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 no. Don't do it in the middle of the day. <laughs> we were on our way back, and uh, that road is pretty creepy during the day. I mean, they've had it's had everything from uh, there. There were a couple murders back there. Um, there is a cemetery back there, and there was also some uh, building locations that has had uh, satanic activity going oh my God. on. Yeah, and and so this area is just it, it's off off the interstate there are very very few houses if right. any and no street lights i mean it's probably one of the darkest roads and i know we went down that road because i said hey you want to you want to see something creepy and she's like sure so we take the detour go that way and pretty quick after i got back that way it was just it was just her and myself i thought you know i shouldn't probably shouldn't have done this <laughs> and uh i was you know that road is a lot longer after dark on a motorcycle yeah. than it is um in a car <laughs> wow is there any place you'd never go back to um you know i said that about revenant acres farm uh the one we just released because we had a lot of, it was just myself and another girl there. Um, and the entity that's in there is very negative and violent toward women. Really? And yeah, both she and I had some personal experiences there that um, I said afterwards that I, I didn't think I would, I, I didn't think it would be a good idea based on the activity 
that I got to actually go back there. Now, I kind of wanted to because there was a lot of really good stuff and I wanted to, you know, figure it out further. But um, actually, the the location is no longer the family. um, The people who owned it passed away. And uh, the remaining family that was left didn't want to really have anything to do with it. So um, when they split up the land, they um, were taught. I have I don't know if they've done it yet or not, but they're planning to demolish the house. Wow. Does that, but, so, but that doesn't necessarily eliminate all the badness that's there, does it? No, it doesn't. Not at all. Wow. Now, oh. Did you come across it more on the lighter side of the paranormal activity, or, did, or, is, it, or is there a mixture of that and dark stuff? Um, are you talking about at that location or just or in, in general? Or in general, yeah. Um, you know, I try to go in with a... A positive approach. Um, I don't really go seeking out the negative or demonic. Right. Uh, for me, a lot of the time, it's it's the history. Um, sure. You know, you've got these really big commercial locations that a lot of people go to, and then you know I go to those because I enjoy you know investigating those. But then you've also got residential, and then you've got the places that nobody really investigates because maybe. They just haven't thought about it. And those are a lot of the places that I hit, the places that are smaller with more local flair or places that um, just haven't, if they are commercial, they're brand new on the scene and just haven't been overly investigated. So for me, it's kind of a mix, um, but it's kind of like what they say. You never know when, if you go seeking something, you better be prepared because you never know what you're going to find. Yeah. So, I mean, do you ever get to like one of those sites that feels, you know, kind of demonic and you just, just leave? I have. Yeah. I think that that's your best bet when you, you know, always trust your gut. Um, I always say that the best tool a paranormal investigator has is, is themselves and their senses. Okay. Um, so there have been several instances uh, it's actually one place um, we highlighted it in season one, uh, the house on Sunset Hill. And this house had up to five entities in it. Ooh. And uh, yeah, two of them were were definitely uh, demonic. And I'm not very quick to label something um, demonic. A lot of the time, it's usually aggressive and just trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. But there are certain ones that we've come across. I think, you know, what was in Revenant Acres, I think that one of the entities that was in that was demonic as well. Um, an incubus, if you will, which is a, um, a negative entity uh, that kind of, it's like a, uh, it, it kind of feeds off of, feeds off of, of a person sexually mm-hmm. and can be aggressive, you know, to, um, a, a female. Um, wow. yeah, but That's uh, the, creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can encounter some, some really strange and, um, uh, potentially dangerous. And I've been with people who have had marks left on them and, uh, scratches been pushed, that sort of thing. Have you ever and, had like a, a, an entity like that, that started out that way, but then went did a complete 180 before you left? Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes they want to just assert themselves, you know, and, and the entities whack different to different people. Okay. And a lot of the time it depends on the approach as well. You know, there are some people that are kind of magnets to, um, uh, spiritual activity. Yeah. You know, some wow. are more positive, some are negative, but, 
Uh, and then, you know, you have people that have uh, special gifts as far as there may be a clairvoyant or clairaudient where they can see or hear things more. Um, you know, so so the um, sometimes what I get that might tend to be more negative may not be toward, uh, you know, somebody else that's there. Oh, okay. Did yeah. You, have you ever just gone, like, you're driving, you're riding down a road and you see an abandoned house? Did you ever <laughs> just, like, stop and go in? I did that with a church uh, once. Oh. I did, I did. And uh, I, I ended up, I went in, and that was this cute little church. Uh, I was out riding, and um, it had been closed since, I think, 94. And uh, I went in there and ended up finding out who owned it and uh, calling them and going in and actually taking photos in there um, and finding out more of the history about it. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Because I tell you what, I could point you to dozens of dozens of abandoned old houses in upstate uh, New York. See, that would just, that would be a dream trip for me because I love taking photography of those places. And when I go, go in there, if I can, if I can do an investigation, I'll uh, usually try to do that. And and it's a cool thing because you don't, a lot of the time you don't know a lot of the history. So it really gives you the opportunity to be creative. I, I, I would imagine, uh, I guess the further east you would go, you're going to find more activity on sites because it's obviously older. But mm-hmm. uh, in regions, especially in the northeast, have you ever thought about it mm-hmm. coming up that way? I have. I would I would love to. You know, I spent some time in Boston uh, summer before last, and it's just so much in that area. I mean, really... Like I said, it's kind of limitless when you start looking at these small towns and, um, you know, just the stories of these places. And the Northeast is definitely one of them because there is so much and it is so old. Oh, wow. I tell you what, after when, when we get done, I'm going to give you some information, places you oh, need to go. <laughs> I would love that. I would love it. So now you're in your second season. And how many episodes did you have in your first season? In the first season, we had five episodes uh, and a live season finale. Okay. Uh, now, now that well, now that you're in your, would you, I guess you could, we could say it's a hit because it's going over really well. Uh, mm-hmm. You're in your second season. Do you got any interest from any networks? Um, we may have we may have signed a a contract. We may or... have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We did uh, air a video uh, signing um, a contract. I can't say a whole lot about it right now, but um, there, there's definitely been some interest, and uh, we're just kind of waiting till we can. But you're going to keep going as you are until further notice, right? Currently, currently, yeah. Um, just keep doing what we're doing, and uh, yeah. All right. Why don't you tell us about your filming of each episode? Like what what gear you use, what crew you have, and how long it takes to put together an episode? Yeah. So so when we started this, I wanted to, you know, my idea was I wanted to release all of them at one time during, during uh, not all at one time of one night, but during a short period of time. And I thought that October would be good since everyone is kind of in that creepy mood, you know, and, uh, <laughs> depends so, on where you go. I know people who are creepy all the time. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. You know, a, a lot of the people in the paranormal, what they'll do is they'll go, they'll, um, they'll investigate a location and then they'll just, 
kind of drop an episode as soon as they're done. But I wanted to do something to where people could expect. Uh, my background is, is it's in photography, but it's also in marketing. And so, um, mm-hmm. so my, yeah, so my thing is I wanted to do something to where I could actually put it out there, advertise it, get people excited about it and have them looking forward and they would know when an episode was going to drop. And so, um, so that was the plan. And the plan was since it was going to be a web series was to make it, you know, right around 20 minutes. Um, and the episodes now range between 20 and 40. This season is a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but we wanted to keep it short enough to where people would be able to, if they're taking a break at work or something, they could they could just kind of stop, watch it, or maybe watch it during their lunch or when they're eating dinner. It wouldn't be something that was just so overwhelmingly long that they would say, oh, I'll get back to it at another time right. and never get back to it. And so, um, so the goal was to keep it, you know, short enough for people's attention spans, but still be able to cover all of the, um, important information that we wanted to get out there. Right. And, um, so, so that was the goal with that was to, to do that, do it during the month of October. And then during the rest of the year, try to release, um, vlogs, maybe do some moto vlogs and just shorter things while we worked on the longer episodes. Oh, sure. And yeah, and and be able to really do more. Um, some of the places that I'm gonna be highlighting in vlogs this this upcoming year are places that might not necessarily be haunted, but may just have some really cool historical information and be cool places that people can can stop at and when they're doing their rides and such. Okay. And, yeah. And so so for that, you know, each episode each episode takes a couple months and wow. usually I'm working on, yeah, I'm working on, you know, multiple episodes at one time. Um, you know, just, just because they are, there is so much to it. You know, if you didn't have to do the analyzing of the evidence or didn't have to do the investigation, that would actually cut a whole lot out and, um, would make things go a lot quicker. Sure. And, and then of course there's the unexpected nature of not really knowing if you're going to have much activity, but the goal is to pick places that are interesting enough to where if there is no paranormal activity, then the story is still interesting and the location is still interesting enough that people would still want to tune in and you would still have an episode out of it. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's typically, typically it's just myself and, uh, and a camera guy. It was going to be set up to do vlog style, but, um, and he was just going to help me film the parts. Uh, his name is Josh and he's a good friend. Uh, I've known him a couple years. He is not a paranormal investigator, but rather just a, a phenomenal videographer. And so, um, it was set up to where he was going to maybe shoot some of the bike scenes and shoot some of the stuff that I couldn't necessarily do. And then I was going to be filming the rest of it blog style. Okay. But, um, but instead we, uh, he kind of got hooked when we were doing <laughs> uh, the first episode Yeah. and he seems to get a lot of paranormal activity. Um, they, I guess since he's not, uh, an investigator. And since he's trying to do this task, you know, he's in this uncomfortable situation and trying to sort of be invisible. You know, I think they like to mess with him because of that. <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> wow. 
so so we set it up really to where um, it could be either way um, because uh, several episodes this season he wasn't there, and then some of them for um, future episodes that we've filmed he's not he's not been with me. Um, and, uh, you know, I've kind of, I keep my gear light and, uh, as well as, you know, the video, the video gear, as well as, uh, the investigation gear, because I am on the bike. Yeah. He will take a few things with him. Um, I carry like a little military jump bag yeah. that, uh, keeps all of my favorite and essential tools in it. And then I've also sort of created, um, kind of almost like a kit that uh has a little i've i've got these little static cameras that uh, are ran off of phone batteries so that way you know when i was with the team we had these big dvr and nvr cameras wow. that had the cables That's yeah so you, yeah you'd have to run cable and setup would usually take you know an hour of your time that you were there and then of course tear down but uh, right now i've kind of got it to where i've got a, uh, a little static camera that's ran off of a phone battery. And then um, in each kit has got a recorder with um, questions. And, and this is if I'm in a really big location yeah. to where, you know, it's not just a house or a small building. Um, but each kit has got a recorder with pre-recorded questions on it and a static camera some flashlights, different things that I can sit up in the room and kind of stage an investigation for when I'm not in the room so I can cover more ground right. than when, you know, it's just, it's just me. Wow. So you got, you got a lot going on there then. Wow. Yeah. What about the drone? I see you'd use a drone a little bit though. Yes. I love my drone. Is that yours? Uh, it is. Oh, yes. What do you got? I have a GoPro Karma and I don't think they make no them anymore. Way. Really? Yes. And and I love this Karma because it it, it came with the it came with a gimbal for okay. the oh, that's great. yeah and then it's got the Karma uh, drone and then it comes in this hard and well and it came with the uh, GoPro I think mine was the Hero Five and uh, it came in this hard shell case mm -hmm. that is actually a backpack yes so, yes I've seen that yes and so I will put that on my back when I'm riding. And uh, you can put, you can clip the drone on the strap in the front if mm -hmm. you want. I mean, I'm sorry, not the drone, the the GoPro. Yeah. Or you can put it. I have an attachment for my bike, but I just strap that on, and then whenever I get to the location, um, I'm able to to use the drone. I think GoPro has gotten out of the uh, drone business. Is he? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That's a shame. Uh, it, it is because I, I think the version. After mine, they were having some some problems with, but uh, man, mine mine just works every time I put it in. Well, except for I gotta say, except for one time, I was filming at a bike event uh, this the, earlier this year in in May, and uh, I took it up and something I don't know if it was an update or what, but the drone came at me and I ended up uh, cutting the tip of my finger off with the drone. What? Yes. <laughs> What? Otherwise, otherwise it's been good <laughs> yeah <laughs> so your I, drone attacked you it did it did it uh it's supposed to go up about uh six feet and it it goes up six feet hovers and then you take it off the rest of the way and i had gone across the street it was a bike event at a little general store and um i was going to get a 
over uh, flyover shot of the building and all the bikes. And when it went up, instead of it going straight up, it came at my face and I stuck my hand out to block. <laughs> oh my God. It, yeah. It cut the tip of my pinky off and it, what? Cut, it yep. Six stitches <laughs> in oh, my no. ring finger and my knuckle. And, uh, man, we took and, and, uh, splinted that knuckle, wrapped those fingers up and continued on with our event. Then went to the, there you go. That's that's, that's good. Stick it out. Wow. You don't think, (laughs) you don't think there might've been some, uh, paranormal activities surrounding that drone. Do you? It's been to all these places. So I might ought to get it blessed by a priest or something because. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You might want to think about that. Maybe that's possibly a good idea. uh, it, that was actually pretty scary because I'm, I'm glad it, it didn't, you know, go after somebody or mess with oh a bike. Oh, my God, or something. yes. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I love that drone, and uh, I've had no problems with it since. <laughs> you got all that bad stuff out already. That's good. Uh, now, you've got merchandise on your website. Why don't you tell us about what you got there? I do. I've got uh, some shirts. I've got um, um, three-quarter sleeve raglans. And I've got um, T-shirts. I've also got um, trucker hats. Yeah, I see that. Uh, yeah. H- how's that merchandise going? Is it moving? It is. It is. I've Good. had to make several orders. Yeah, I designed the logo. And uh, so, you know, all the design on all of it that's there, I did. All right. And uh, we have a couple other things on there, you know, some magnets, helmet stickers, that sort of thing. But uh, talk about your artwork, though. Now, you, yeah. you drew that stuff, didn't you? I did. That's awesome. That's very good. I, I try to draw. Thank you. I try to draw the different locations I go to. If I'm going to a commercial location or a location that that has a person connected with it, I like to um, give the person, you know, one of those drawings. Um, but I feel like, um, you know, nothing helps me sort of connect with the location more than sitting there spending, you know, five six hours drawing the place. And, um, now I was just going to ask you, how long does it take you? Like, for example, looking at the, uh, Bel Air house, that yes. is a lot of detail on that picture. It so is. How long it did is. that take you to draw that? That one took me about eight hours. Wow. Now, did you draw that just sitting there in front of the house and drawing it? Or was that from a photograph? That was from a photograph I took. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, have you ever just sat there and just drew it just by sitting there? I have done some like that. I've not put them out yet because I've got some more coming. But um, yeah, I have done some that uh, I've sat in the location. I've I've had some people that have commissioned me to draw the places. And then I've also done some where I've just sat in front and drawn. Explain the Empire State Building. That was actually from a trip with uh, with a girlfriend of mine. We She had never been to uh, New York, and I love New York. And so um, that was actually started as a birthday gift to her. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. She, she loved the Empire State Building, and so we were up on a girl's trip. And uh, so then afterwards, I uh, sketched that out for her. Any paranormal activity in the Empire State Building? I didn't have enough time in there. Oh, uh. yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> they right. Herded me through. Oh, they did. Oh. Like I said, that one was just sort of a girl's uh, trip, right? Yeah. Girl's trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how can people learn more about you and Ghost Spiker Explanations and your show? 
Well, I'm very active on Facebook. Um, as I, I like that uh, social media there because um, you know I can share the videos, but I can also really interact with people. Do a lot of lives on there, um, so they can find me on the Ghost Biker Explorations Facebook page. Um, Ghost Biker Explorations YouTube channel. We put all the stuff on there. Even if we do a live on Facebook, we'll also um, clip that and put that on the YouTube channel as well. And um, I have a uh, account on Instagram under Runaway Vixen. And then they can also see all the merch and everything. Um, I'm very active there on the website, which is www.ghostbikerexplorations.com. Excellent. I'm very, I'm very impressed with everything that you're doing. But do you have any last comments for our fellow riders who might want to go out and look for ghosts? Well, um, I just suggest, you know, to have a, uh, have a camera and a recorder and, you know, just keep it simple. And um, I have kind of an old school approach of, you know, you, I've got a lot of gadgets and everything, but... Again, my best tools are, are my recorder, my headphones, and uh, a good camera. And just, you know, go in with respect and, uh, you know, have fun with it. Um, just kind of go in and ask some questions. Uh, and, and definitely, you know, look into the history because that's, again, that's, that's kind of my passion is, is the history and the travel. Um, the paranormal is always kind of secondary to me. Um, but, uh, you know, if there's a place you're interested in, hop on that bike and go check it out. Um, all right. Well, either better yet, they can just send you the information right. and then you can go get it because you could probably right. do a better job. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, I definitely welcome, uh, any stories, any suggestions, um, any tips on any locations, um, to either contact me through, uh, through Facebook messenger or to send a message on my website. Yes. Um, on your contact page, there is a form to fill out. Yes. Perfect. Yes. And, and I check that and, uh, I definitely, you know, uh, like I said, very active with it and I'm always looking for, uh, cool places. The season we are, um, we have two episodes left in the season. Okay. Um, an episode drops every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So tomorrow night, the second to the last episode drops. And um, things have gotten a little bit darker this Ooh. season. Yeah, as of the third episode, things have gotten a little bit dark. So I would suggest people go binge watch the first season because all those episodes are up there. And binge watch uh, what we've put out and be ready because we've got some really crazy stuff that's supposed to drop this Tuesday night and wow. uh, next Tuesday. I'll be sure and I've to got tune a live. In. Yes, please do. And I've got a live investigation that's coming up this Thursday. Um, this one is actually going to be really cool. I'm really excited about it. And with these lives, you never know what's going to happen. So may get no activity, but we're going to tell, you know, a really cool history. In uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, there is uh, a lady known as Tall Betsy, and uh, she is a regionally, actually, I think, uh, uh, nationally known um, legend. And she was a real woman. And so um, we're going to, I, I was contacted from um, a business owner here in, uh, in the community of Cleveland who wanted me to uh, check it out. So I've got this really great history all the way back to this, uh, the genealogy and everything where we're going to 
tell that and then do a live investigation and, um, wow. you know, so we can get something this Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. You, know, you heard it here, kids. Make sure you tune in. Miranda, I wish you a tremendous amount of luck and a tremendous amount of success with what you're doing. And hopefully things will even get even better for you in the very near future. Thank you, Ted. I sure appreciate it. All right. So we'll make a plan for that live broadcast somewhere, right? For that, Absolutely. The, for that podcast thing we're going to do. All right. Sounds All right. great. Miranda, thank you very much for joining me here on the Motorcycle Man podcast. Thank you, Ted. Take care. Thanks for joining me and Miranda Young, the Ghost Biker. You can learn more about Miranda and Ghost Biker Explorations by visiting ghostbikerexplorations.com. Links will be in the show notes, and there's also a link on the Motorcycle Men website on the links page. Boys and girls, don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and vloggers out there whose links you will find on our links page. All of these media outlets and many more out there go and do a great job and do wonderful things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. So from Tim Buck 2, Chris the Joker, Justin Shoes, and me, Ted Vonway, your host, thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Men Podcast, where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids. <laughs> <laughs>